Welcome to the Fitness Drifter Podcast. My name is Abby. In this podcast, I try and focus on body confident health, fitness, and wellness for men. So we talk about things like body image, body positivity, eating disorders, diet culture, fat phobia, and how to navigate these and how to have a healthy relationship with food and exercise and look after both our mental and physical health. I wanted to tie in with some of my past content on eating disorders and I wanted to talk about how dieting can lead to eating disorders. But yes, generally eating disorders and dieting are topics which tend to get targeted more at women. Uh, men do go on diets too and men do get eating disorders too. And I wanted to sort of trace that path from starting a diet with good intentions, with the intention of improving your health to something that can have a dramatic negative impact on both your mental and physical health. So. To lay some groundwork, let's start with some definitions. So first of all, the definition of an eating disorder. I'm going to quote directly from the NHS website here. And the definition is an eating disorder is a mental health condition where you use the control of food to cope with feelings and other situations. And what's important to note there is that it talks about the control of food. That doesn't automatically mean the restriction of food. Some of the most common named eating disorders, and I've done previous episodes on all of these, which I will link in the show notes, anorexia, bulimia, orthorexia, and binge eating disorder. Common behavior patterns across pretty much all eating disorders can include demonizing food in general or some specific foods, fasting, following specific food rules, banning some foods entirely, feelings of anxiety or guilt associated with what you do or don't eat, suppressing hungers for long periods of time or to an extreme extent attempting complete starvation. So next up, definition of a diet. And I'm going to take this from Wikipedia. Strictly speaking, the dictionary definition of diet means it's just the kinds of food that a person, animal, or community habitually eats. So just what we eat. It's not a specific weight loss term. However, when we are talking about diet in fitness industry uh, terms, the definition is closer to what Wikipedia calls dieting. So not diet, dieting. Dieting is a practice of eating food in a regulated way to decrease, maintain, or increase body weight or change body shape. I tried to pull together some stats on dieting so you can see like how many people tend to go on diets or say they go on diets at any point in time. Uh, the CDC in the US estimated that between 2013 and 2016, 49.1% of adults had tried to lose weight by dieting in the previous 12 months. The first recorded dieting book, I did look up some trivia on this. The first recorded dieting book was released in 1863 and was written by a man named William Banting. It's called A Letter on Corpulence Addressed to the Public, and you can actually still buy it on Amazon today. Globally, according to Obesity Review in 2017, 42% of adults are trying to lose weight, 23% are trying to maintain weight. For those that do lose some weight on a diet, one article I read suggests that 20% keep the weight off in the long term, which means that 80% regain some or all of the weight they lost. A 2005 article in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition suggests that weight regain could be as high as 95%. So out of everyone that loses weight on a diet, 95% regain it back, according to those stats. And there could be a lot of reasons. I won't do a deep dive into that today, but that'll be one for a future episode. Just know that for a lot of people, in fact, the majority, the dieting in the way that we tend to do it doesn't really work as a weight loss tool or as a positive health tool. So why do we start dieting? It could be any number of reasons. The most common ones tend to be wanting to change current physical appearance, and that could be making some parts of you bigger, some parts of you smaller, uh, or a mixture of both. I, for example, have always been wanting my thighs to be a bit thinner and then have bigger biceps and shoulders, improve or change an aspect of physical health. So if you have an underlying medical condition that is linked to weight or that where your weight puts you at higher risk of something, it might be because of that. It could be supporting a specific physical goal. So if you decide to run a marathon, for example, you might need to start changing how you eat to feel yourself and train yourself properly. 
I'll tell you from my own experience that if you start from a positive mental space, the journey that you go on is much more enjoyable and you're much more likely to get to your goal and keep your results. For example, if you start because you want to run faster, you already enjoy running and you have something that gives you some pleasure and enjoyment and your training and nutrition you enjoy and you start to see some progress from better performance in running as you diet or as you follow a certain diet, you're much more likely to want to carry that on. If you start from a negative space, so say something like you hate your body shape and want to slim down, that sets you on an emotional roller coaster and is one of the ways that can lead to an eating disorder. So let's talk about when dieting goes wrong and does lead you down that road. Like I said, starting from a negative mental space can set you up for failure. You may end up creating a link between your emotions and your behavior around food. And I think the best way to demonstrate this is to give you an example. If you haven't listened to my previous episodes or seen my blog, I lost 140 pounds from heaviest to my lightest. When my weight loss became noticeable to other people and I started getting compliments on it and I started having it acknowledged, it really emphasized in my brain that being slimmer or skinnier was better or superior. I've always been a kind of anonymous introverted background kind of character. I say as I speak into a microphone on my own podcast, <laughs> but I've always been a kind of anonymous introverted background character in person. And in person, I mostly still am. But I really enjoyed getting that kind of positive attention because dinner being better got kind of emphasized in my mind. My focus gradually shifted from steady weight loss to trying to get to a certain end point that I wasn't even sure of where I was just as light and as skinny as possible. And this is probably when I first started to get into some disordered eating behaviors. There was a period of time where my day would look like this. I'd get up early, I'd have a bowl of porridge, I'd go to the gym, I would do my workouts for about an hour at a time. So I'd do an hour, shower, go to work. Throughout the day, I would literally just have some fruit or some raisins. I'd go to the gym again after work to do a little bit more. Then I'd go home and have a normal dinner. I'd say like, I've never sought out professional help for eating disorders, especially at this point in my life. But I'd say looking back, I was probably pretty, maybe as close as you can go to having an eating disorder without actually getting to the point where you'd be clinically diagnosed as one. So I guess you could almost call it the upper limits of moderate. And it worked for me for a time, but it's that behavior pattern is what really led me down the road to orthorexia. And orthorexia is, to keep it concise, orthorexia is the fixation on eating healthy or eating foods that you deem pure. So with what happened with that is that I was trying to stick to a very strict and very clean diet. And when I was having treats, they were so irregular or so infrequent that when I did have them, one of two things happened. I either assumed I screwed up my diet or I felt a massive high. And in both scenarios, I would kind of go all in and basically it kind of became a binge. Uh, and I would eat to the point where I was just feeling sick. Looking back, that behavior pattern is what kind of set me up to have binge eating disorder a few years later. But yeah, that's kind of what happened with me. And it started from, you know, good intentions, making progress with my weight loss to getting it emphasized in my own brain that, you know, you're getting more positive attention because you're thinner. So thinner is better. And yeah, it, it took a while to unpack that. And nowadays I found ways to manage my emotions and relationship with food. And I'm very definitely doing much better now. And I've got a much healthier balance, but it is something I do still need to be mindful of. And then I think if we look at it more broadly, I think the reinforcement of thinner being better can make us hate our bodies even more. We end up focusing more on areas that we deem flawed and that can have a knock-on effect in heightening our emotional responses to specific foods or to eating habits. And whether it's because of our own perception or things that we see on media or on social media, even despite filters and lighting and angles and edits and all of that whole thing, you know, we still see that you know, we still kind of view that as real and achievable and ideal. And that's what we end up comparing ourselves to. It's something which I guess movie stars, celebrities, public figures go through a certain kind of pressure to always appear in a certain physical shape or a certain fitness level or th certain thinness. And it's not unheard of for athletes to follow periods of strict dieting for sport and then struggle outside of those periods of where they need to be on strict diet. And I did find one more stat as well, which I probably should have included earlier on. 
but the National Eating Disorder Association in the US estimates that 25% of cases of dieting can lead to eating disorders. Let's say that you or someone you know is on a diet and you're starting to notice some kind of uh, disordered behavior pattern. Let's, let's look at how you can get some, some help and support for that. First of all, I do want to mention that some level of dieting, control of food is fine and it can have some health benefits. I mean, that's how weight loss happens. So whether for a health goal or physical appearance goal, up to a certain point, fine. You know, you do you. It's not anyone else's place to judge you on what you want to do, really. And yes, if you are going for some kind of control of food, it will take some hardship and some sacrifice and some discipline. And there will be times when it feels tough and you feel like giving up. And that's fine. That's normal when you're setting yourself a challenge. The distinction is where it is something that you can do unemotionally and almost treat like an off switch. And when it becomes a bit more obsessive and starts to kind of interfere with being able to do that. And I think the best way to test this is say you're making steady progress on your goal and then your birthday comes up and you have some birthday cake. The question is, can you enjoy that celebration on that occasion and loosen up on your eating plan to make the most of it? And then after that, can you just kind of get back on your plan the next day, having enjoyed, you know, the slight change of nutrition for that occasion? Or do you feel guilty? Do you try and burn it off? Or do you think you've derailed weeks or months of progress? If you come into that second category, it's the sign that you're might be shifting from dieting to disordered eating. At this point, I will add my normal disclaimer. I'm not a qualified professional. I'm not a dietitian. I'm not medically qualified. I'm not a registered nutritionist. So bear that in mind. But if it is the latter in that example I gave, then it's a sign that maybe things are starting to change. And that's the point that you want to start speaking to someone or start looking at getting some help. Sometimes just speaking to someone with more experience or knowledge can help set you in the right direction, especially if you catch these behavior patterns early. It's easier to kind of stop yourself earlier on then needing to go through the full cycle and developing a full, you know, a more intense eating disorder experience and then trying to recover from that. If you want help, I have included some links in the show notes to BEAT, which is the Eating Disorder Charity in the UK, to the NHS resources on eating disorders, also in the UK, and to the National Eating Disorders Association website in the US. Dieting, like I said, it is a helpful tool for health goals and for goals that involve changing your physical shape in some way. The issue is kind of with how we approach it, I think. Everyone decides to diet, and I'm using air quotation for that. And like I said, it often starts from a negative space. Things like saying, I don't like my body, I don't feel great, I don't, you know, my clothes don't fit right, I can't get up the stairs without feeling out of breath. From my years and years of experience of dieting and trying to lose weight, the best advice I can give as someone who's been through that is to try and turn it around and really focus on the positives. Rather than thinking about the foods that you're telling yourself you can't have, focus on the ones that you can. And like I said, no foods should be deemed good or bad anyways. No foods should be entirely off limits, but this is more trying to change your approach to dieting to make it something more positive. Also, don't think about, you know, people think about dieting as sacrifice and punishment. Maybe instead of that, try thinking about it as investment and empowering yourself. So you're investing in yourself, you're giving yourself that, discipline that time to improve your health in some way. Don't think about the things you can't do or you know how far away your goals might be. Think about what you can do and the progress that you're making. Now, if you keep telling yourself you can't get upstairs without getting out of breath, it's kind of demoralizing. If you say to yourself, last month I was tired going up the first 10 to 12 steps and I was getting out of breath, whereas now I can do 15 or 16 and, you know, in this much time, I'll probably be able to get all the way up. You know, you still haven't hit that end goal, but you can see your progress. You can, you know where your starting point was and you're turning it into, you're flipping it into something much more positive. And my favorite one is find, again, using the word positive, find a positive goal or hobby away from body shape or aesthetics, something that engages you mentally and physically. The lightest I ever got in my adult life was actually during lockdown when gyms closed, to give you a good example. I kind of had to start my fitness experience or training experience from scratch because I wasn't used to not training in the gym. I adapted to working out at home and walking a lot and doing yoga. I learned, you know, doing bodyweight training and doing yoga, I learned to move my body and coordinate my muscles in ways I never knew I could. You know, I felt good. I felt strong. I was, and to be fair, I still am pain-free. 
I was learning, so it was engaging my mind. I was challenging myself. I was loving seeing my body do things that at one point in time I didn't think I ever could do. And then when I started walking, I started listening to podcasts and I started learning about history and business and investing, some random trivia sometimes. And I also started listening to some fiction podcasts and, and you know, the sheer number of, you know, really creative podcast producers out there has been, it's been a very, very enriching experience. And it's also what ended up leading me to start my own podcast, even though I don't really have any listeners at the minute. But if you are listening, hello. And, you know, I was able to relax my dieting more and I enjoy a varied and balanced diet with plenty of the macronutrients I need and plenty of the stuff that, you know, we tend to end up banning on a diet. In fact, I'd say that my most consistent weight loss results have come from when I haven't tried to be perfect. I have a strong sweet tooth and I tend to have some kind of dessert pretty much every day, but allowing myself that doesn't seem to have derailed my progress. So to wrap this up and bring it to a conclusion, just a few bullet points. Dieting can start with the right purpose or with a positive intention, but you can't let it become your identity. You can't become an emotional, you can't let it become an emotional experience and you need to try and avoid letting it take over your everyday life or your general decision-making process. Focus on empowering yourself keep focusing on progress rather than always trying to hit perfection. And, you know, that's going to set you up with much more sustainable, much more manageable approach. And hopefully that'll see you get to your, your physical health goals, whatever they are. If you have any questions, you can reach me on the website, fitnessdrifter.com. Please do remember to check out my YouTube channel, fitnessdrifter.com slash YouTube, because it's still tiny and YouTube won't give me a custom URL. You can also find me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. My username is fitnessdrifter, all one word on all of them. That's me signing out this week and I will speak to you again soon.